Hello and welcome to the Sail Loot Podcast, where we share our adventures of the sea and help to achieve that cruising life that sets us free. I'm Teddy J, and this is podcast episode 49 with Jesse from Katie and Jesse on a boat, and soon to be on SB Desiree with her fiance Luke. I'm really excited for this next one. I, I feel like very enthusiastic and have and have a lot of energy about it. I'm absolutely terrified, but like the, the kind of terrified that I thrive on. Um, so let's do this. Thank you all so much for listening. So if you listened to episode 48, you might realize that at the beginning of that episode, I stated that I would be running a few more giveaways over here on the Salute podcast. And so I happened for this one, since, you know, Jesse sometimes writes for Cruising Outpost, I got in touch with Bob. Yep, I got in touch with Bob Bitchin. And he was cool enough to give away, uh, to have a couple subscriptions to give away. So I've got two one-year subscriptions to Cruising Outposts to give away for this episode. And to sweeten the deal, I'm going to go ahead and give a Sail Loot t-shirt away to each of the winners. So there can be two winners, and you can enter to win for a chance at a free one-year subscription to Cruising Outpost by going over to the show notes for this episode at sailloot.com slash episode 049 and scrolling down to to the links and resources from this episode section. And uh, it'll be the first link right there. Click on that link and you'll know exactly how to enter. Once you've entered to win the giveaway, uh, make sure that you look out for an email. That email will contain a confirmation link in there that you can click on and that'll bring you back over to the um, giveaway site where you can share via Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn and so you can share the giveaway and uh, you can get three more entries to the contest for every friend that you refer by sharing. You guys, a lot of people always ask if there's a way that you can help or ways that you can support the Salute podcast. And this just goes to show that the best way to help is uh, to share. You can also leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, and sign up for the email rally all in one place over at salute.com slash podcast review. If you want to get uh, Salute a little bit of, uh, well, loot or money or whatever, just use our affiliate links over at the Salute resources page. You can click on and use the Bluehost affiliate link at the top of any Sailute webpage if you're looking for hosting to set up a website for your sailing blog or small business. And heck, the next time that you want to use Amazon to buy something, you can always use sailloot.com slash Amazon, and that'll actually bring you directly to the Amazon page and the Sailute and Amazon affiliate link will be utilized. Uh, there's no extra cost to you, but the Sail Loot podcast will get a very small commission and you can help keep these shows coming. Okay, so let's move on to this episode of the Sail Loot podcast with Jesse from Katie and Jesse on a Boat. I met Katie and Jesse and Luke, Jesse's fiance, at the Annapolis Sailboat Show this past October. I bring gear to do live podcast recording to those events, but I always want a little more time and there's always just too much going on around the shows and too many distractions. So I got their contact information knowing that I would have to get in touch with them at a later time. 
along came February and the Miami sailboat show, and I still hadn't gotten the chance to catch either Katie or Jesse for a sail loot chat. But lo and behold, there was Jesse standing next to Bob Bitchin at the cruising outpost booth. We talked for a few more minutes, and I made sure that she knew I was going to call her on Skype in the next few days, and we were going to get her story out there. Jessie is awesome. She's inspiring. She's raw, funny, honest, gritty, and just fun to talk to. Uh, And her writing and her photos reflect that awesomeness perfectly. The story of how her and Katie sailed around America's Great Loop is amazing. Uh, She's heading out on a new adventure with Luke in a little over a week. If you haven't already heard of Katie and Jesse on a boat.com, I highly suggest that you check it out. Uh, The link is in the show notes for this episode. And, well, I mean, here's the story to date and the numbers and finances behind how Jesse, Katie, and Luke gather their sailing money. This is Teddy, and I have Jesse from Katie and Jesse on a Boat or yeah, .com, or I mean, maybe, maybe soon to be Jesse and Luke on a boat, <laughs> or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm... I haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Luke. <laughs> cool, cool. How are how are you doing, Jesse? I'm great. Uh, Sunday morning in northern Michigan, yeah. and um, just looking over the lake actually with a very strong cup of coffee. So uh, life is good. Good, yeah. good, cool. Yeah, I had to finish making my coffee before I <laughs> got, got on the phone as well. So. Can't do anything without. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, I agree. I start. I usually start off by asking uh, all people this question, so I'll ask you as well. How the heck did you get into sailing? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess it dates back to childhood, as one would imagine. I grew up taking sailing trips with my family to Canada and to the North Channel of of Lake Huron um, on my father's sailboat, 37-foot sailboat. And um, honestly, I was just a leisurely passenger. I I didn't care about the sailing part. Um, And as I got into my teenage years, I started to not look forward to the times where I was stuck in a small space with my family. Um, and my sister was kind of into sailing and because she was, I wasn't, um, I kind of didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to do any, anything that the other one was into. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of let my sister get into sailing and, um, and it wasn't until my early twenties that I started to see the sea sailing in a new light, I guess, and, and caring, and deciding that all those years of me having these opportunities to take our family trips on a sailboat um, and not in a hotel was actually really, really special. Right. So your dad is the wizard, correct? <laughs> yes, he is the wizard. <laughs> the wizard, right? Uh, so you know, I looking looking on uh, Katie and Jesse on a boat and stuff like that. Um, so I, I'm gonna. Sorry, it's very rude to ask a woman her age, but I'm going to ask your age anyway. It's not rude. It's just a number. Um, I just turned 28 right. and pretty pretty excited about it, actually. <laughs> How old were you when you uh, uh, left, I guess, with Katie? 23. 23, okay. Uh, so you were in Colorado before this crazy thing. Yes, yes. Uh, well. And Katie was in California, correct? Correct. And it says that it, this it was your dad's idea to do America's 
the, it the great was, loop. It was, yeah. Um, I was actually right in the middle of a move from Lake Tahoe to Colorado, and um, Katie was also in Tahoe area. And my dad came to visit me in Tahoe just before I moved. And um, for some reason, Katie drove all the way to San Francisco with me to pick him up from the airport. And um, we were driving from San Francisco back to Tahoe and, um, you know, just having some solid, like, what are we doing with our lives conversation. And I had already been looking into jobs on boats, realizing that I was very interested on being in the water in general. And um, I had this this crazy opportunity fall into my lap from findacrew.net. Um, I got a job offered to me on a 100-foot yacht down in Miami that um, happened to have a, a helicopter and a helicopter pad, and I had just completed um, my commercial helicopter license. And uh, Yes, uh, it was, it was okay. a wild experience. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I you know, I'd had no idea who this man was that offered me the job. It was just a series of phone calls and internet conversation. Um, and I ended up having an interview with him, meeting him in Los Angeles, flying a helicopter with him from LA to his house in Arizona and spent like four hours, um, with him just telling me about his life and his yacht and his plan to extract treasure off the coast of Brazil. And he had a parrot on his shoulder the entire time. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to be on a boat with you. I'm sorry, sir. (laughs) (laughs) we will not mention who this person is so my my boat search continued or job on boat search continued and um that obviously freaked my father out a little bit that job situation he would have let me go of course but um he so we're talking about this entire situation in the car him katie and myself and um literally all he said was i'd rather see you get your own boat you should do america's great loop and um like just as casual as that. And he was dead serious. Maybe he was half joking. I don't know, but it came out pretty serious. And um, I literally, I'd, all I remember is just like taking my rear view mirror and turning it to Katie and looking at her and saying, okay, do you want to do the Great Loop? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, we're going to leave in one year. And uh, we did. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. Well, you're a helicopter pilot. Was. Well, uh, well okay. Yeah, yeah. Your, your license has since expired, I take it. It's, it's been expired for a little bit, yeah. Um, and that's a whole another subject that we don't have to get into too many. <laughs> but um, yeah, my, my background of education went from art student to um, aviation student and um, went through a series of licenses to fly and completed my commercial license at, uh, I don't know, 21, 22. Okay. And um, a handful of things led me to not get into the career. Um, but for the most part, I just freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for the responsibility. Um, and I didn't really realize um, how heavy it is and how serious it is until I got to the point where the next step was to become an instructor. Um, and to become an instructor with that little of experience as a young blonde woman was uh, really intimidating. Sure. Well, <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So, w- was that what you were doing out in the Tahoe area? Was, it was. The, all the schooling stuff? Yeah. yeah. All this different schooling stuff from art yeah, school to yeah. getting your dabbling. You know. Yeah, yeah. Is that what Katie was doing as well? Uh, yep, yep. She was taking classes in in Tahoe. There's a community college there, and also just kind of doing the same thing, taking classes to take classes and figure out what you know. What she wants to do. Sure. 
Gotcha. Did you, like, just go out there from Michigan? Both of you from high school or something? (laughs) Uh, That's another good story that I'll try to keep short. I moved to uh, Los Angeles when I graduated high school to go to art school. And um, shortly into that, realized I was bored out of my mind and wanted to start. I had this whole wild pipe dream to to fly helicopters since I was 13 or 14. And... um, so I made this transition from art to aviation. And in that move, I found a school and relocated to Santa Barbara. And Katie randomly came to visit me in Santa Barbara. And we had the time of our life. She was still living in Michigan. Okay. And um, she, after that trip, she went home and packed up her stuff and, and moved to Santa Barbara. And um, so we were there for a year and a half or so. And then... Um, I just went up to Tahoe to go snowboarding, had never seen it. I absolutely fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing in Southern California when I could be up here? Um, and there was another helicopter school in Tahoe. So I finished my licenses up there and, um, Katie had a boyfriend from the area. So she came with. Okay. All right. Nice. Um, so from there, Everybody was excited that you were moving home for a year. Well, I say everybody. Uh, is that is that correct? Um, your your father, Katie's mother. What's that? I said everybody, but my boyfriend at the time. Oh well, okay, yeah, that sucks. Um, was he in, was he in Tahoe? Uh, Colorado. Colorado. That's why I was moving to Colorado. Uh, okay. Oh, all right. Gotcha. So yeah, where the heck is this whole Colorado thing? So you were going to Colorado from California. <laughs> From California, yep, yep. Oh, okay, but so you weren't in Colorado for very long. I was not, no, half a year, maybe. Okay, so when you said in a year that you guys were going, you went to Colorado for half a year and then <laughs> yeah. to Michigan for half a year? Correct. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 37-foot, I'm jumping around a little bit, but that 37-foot boat that you talked about that you would take trips on with your family, is that the Pearson that you're going to go across the Atlantic on? Yes. Cool. Yes. Great. Okay. So, what the heck did you do in that year in order to make all of this a reality? I guess is my question. Uh, um, it started with from from joke to reality. It started with um, obviously that conversation in in the car with my dad and Katie, and um, you know we it was it was kind of a joke for a little bit, but um, we both started kind of doing research and looking this up and reading books. I don't even read books and ordering (laughs) ordering guidebooks and texting about it and emailing about it and throwing around links to different boats. And um, so it really just started with kind of slowly picking away at, is this actually possible? And Katie's dad and my dad are also childhood friends. Um, and they were of course completely on board with this idea and have a way better under, had a way better understanding of, um, you know, what kind of boat we're looking for. Cause Katie and I had no freaking clue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so the, the dads are also looking around at sailboats in the area and finally send a link to this Cal 27, 19, 19- 79 cal 27 and um honestly it looked like shit and i remember (laughs) clicking the link and just kind of laughing a little bit to myself and be like oh that could be my next home you know um it was listed for six thousand bucks and we put an offer in for 3500 bucks and um the 
the reason there was three three um three things my dad had in mind as far as qualifications for our loop boat and it was a boat that draws less than five feet sure, sure. um inboard diesel engine mm-hmm. and um small enough to where if one of us fell off <laughs> or went missing that we could single hand it okay. and um so stumbled upon this cal 27 and they accepted a 3500 hundred dollar offer and um this was probably f- this was about five months i guess after we had the initial conversation okay and once again, I'm still in Colorado. Katie's still in California. We we send checks home by this boat site unseen. And within a month, um, I think I had moved home. Wow. So what were you doing to make money in Colorado at the time? Would you like fries with that? Awesome. Good for you. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I was working at two different restaurants um, in, in Winter Park, Colorado, actually. Sure. And I know Winter Park. Yeah, yeah. So I was living living in Tabernash, which is a hilarious, funky little bodunk area, just a few miles outside of Tabernash. Or I'm sorry, a few miles outside of Winter Park, and um, I was paying, you know, 250 bucks for rent for this huge apartment with the mountains in the back. It was just, it was, it was awesome, mm-hmm. um, super cheap, and I was definitely raking in tourist cash from. Um, from one very fine dining restaurant and the other one was like a smokehouse barbecue and it was just full of Texans and <laughs> anyways, it was a blast and I just snowboarded and worked in restaurants and, and saved up um, enough to go blow on fixing up a boat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, to purchase the, well, to purchase what, half the boat in the first place. And then uh, did you guys split, uh, split the boat? Even? We did 50, 50. Yep. Cool. <clears throat> And 1750. I remember that was at the time the biggest check I had ever written. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. I don't write many. I don't write many huge checks that big either. Uh-huh. I, I well later I'll discuss my latest biggest check. <laughs> All right. Boat project. Okay. So then, so you got home and you had boat projects to do and everything else. Were you doing the same thing um, in Michigan? I mean, did you pick up a job for the last six months before yes. you left? Similar, yep. similar stuff. Yep, restaurant work again. Um, um, and you'll hear me come back to that every time. Restaurant work saved me and Katie, um, and it it fed us the entire time, pretty much. So I w- moved back home. Um, mm-hmm. I was living in a, we the property I'm on. Um, I share with my father. We rent out the house in the summertime. He has a studio apartment above his garage. And I am now living in a different studio apartment above a different garage on the same property. But at the time, it was completely unfinished. No plumbing, um, you know, no insulation, no AC, no no nothing. It was just bare walls. And um, I just moved into it and lived there for free all summer. And um, I had to go across the yard to use the bathroom to go go over to my dad's house to, to use a loo, uh, to do laundry, to do anything, to cook. Um, so I was just living in a... In a box with nothing in it. Well, and I mean, it was kind of like living on a boat. Totally. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> I, had, I literally at one point had to get a bucket in my loft for like one <laughs> in the middle of the night. Um, and it was really great prep for everything in life being inconvenient before moving on the boat. Um, and I was working full time at a restaurant just down the road, right on the lake. And once again, saved up a decent amount of, you know, probably 5,000 bucks and cash chips. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. So... What did it cost to get 
the um, Louise. Is that correct? This yep. we're talking yep. about Louise here at this point in time, right? Correct. Uh, Thirty-five hundred bucks right. was was what we got her for. Yeah. And um, I wish I had better records of how much was financially was put into the boat before we left. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it all happened so fast, and we were just trying to get it done. So at the point, we were just we we had to buy what we had to buy. Right. And um, neither of us even wanted to know how much money we're spending because, you know, everything we're making was just right back into the boat. But I would, if if I had to give my best guess, I'd say we probably put in five, at least $5,000 into the boat before before we left, at least. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then when you left, it seems like, well, it, you kind of just said you had you had $5,000 you personally had $5,000 like in the in in the savings account yeah. in in what we call the cruising kitty so affectionately in the sailing world I came back from Colorado um when I moved back to Michigan I probably had $10,000 in the bank okay I'd say and um <clears throat> spent like I said at least 5 of that before leaving mm-hmm. and I remember I think I I think I remember leaving Michigan with like $6,200 or something. And in my mind, I had the entire trip in my mind, which um, I almost did was I wanted to always have $5,000 sitting in my bank account for emergencies for whatever. Like I didn't want to be in debt in any way. I didn't want to come home with nothing. Um, and I just surpassed that when, when when we first left for the trip, because I didn't have much more than that, making it to Florida where we stopped to work again. Um, but aside from that, I was able to keep, keep that little backup and I pretended it didn't exist and I did absolutely everything I could to not touch it. Um, and I never had to, which was cool. Cool. Did Katie have the same amount? I mean, did you like share that information? Was she? Yeah, Yeah, we were, we were totally open about our finances. Um, Katie was always a couple grand behind me. Um, she was definitely doing the credit card thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there, I think there was a time when we did make it to Florida, which took three months from Michigan, she had no money in her bank account and was just doing off, going off her, I don't know, $3,000 credit card limit or something. Um, but I give her so much credit because we literally split everything from day one to the end day, 50-50, like down to the penny. Um, and she was always a little, little bit tighter than me. And then when we started to work, though, I mean, we both got it, we both got it back, back in Florida really quick. And then we were in a good position pretty much for the rest of the trip. But yeah, in the beginning, she was, um, she was a little bit financially tighter than I was. Right. So... Shoving off from to get out of the financial realm here for just a second. Shoving off from Michigan, uh, you know, how did that feel? <laughs> uh, like I didn't know anything. Okay. But but free and excited. I remember being I remember being really scared for it to just be Katie and I finally um, without any helping hands. But I remember writing about how excited I was for it to just be Katie and I, because I knew that we were going to be fine and I knew that we would figure it out. Um, and I knew we were so balanced in our, in our knowledge and ability. And I already knew we worked really well together. So there was part of me that was anxious to, to, you know, say bye to our, our dads who helped us so much and uh, friends and family 
Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a wild feeling because we didn't have much of a plan. It was very vague. We had X amount of money and X amount of, you know, not X amount of time. I mean, all the time in the world until we figured out where we were going and what our plan was. And our only goal was to make it to the Bahamas. We're like, all right, let's, let's get to Florida. Our first goal was get to Florida and find jobs and then go from there. Um, so it was a lot of steps, lots of highs and lows in the first couple of days. And, um, <laughs> man, it was trial by fire. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> actually. What's that? It was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, your, your writing and your pictures uh, are <laughs> amazing, by the way. Uh, is that, is it mostly you that writes? Is, does Katie write? Yeah, no. You know, when we started it, um, it was definitely a 50-50 project. And I ended up just really loving it. And she ended up not not wanting to spend her time that way, um, which I think ended up being better because uh, – not better. I don't want to say better. But, um, you know, versus both of us trying to tell a story in a way that she remembers it versus I remember it or explain it, – it's just difficult to be explaining things from two different perspectives, which is hilarious because even to this day when we do presentations, you know, I'll tell a story and she'll look at me like, what? I don't remember that. <laughs> You know, we have such different memories sometimes and um, it had different experiences, um, even though we were experiencing it all together, which is really interesting. Right. Um, yeah, I totally, totally threw myself into the whole um, documenting thing. And I've always been passionate about photography and I've always just documented, I think, my life and shared it with people in general. Um, so it's a very natural um, hobby for me and a very... Um, I was always keen on spending my spare time writing or taking pictures, whereas that wasn't a thing that she was ever into in the first place. Right. So I ended up kind of just taking it over. <laughs> cool. Did she ever? Did she ever take any of the pictures, or is that mostly all you as well? Almost all me. I mean, there's the, any photos, not any of them. Um, probably ninety percent of the photos that are both of us are just self timer right. uh, that okay. set up the camera, and there is. <laughs> There's like one photo that Katie finally picked up the camera and took of me. And you've probably seen it. I think it's a black and white shot on the blog with my arms full of grease. And I was upside down doing something with the transmission or trying to figure out something with the transmission. Right. And I was so pissed off and I was sweating and I was angry. And I just, I got out of the, the engine compartment, you know, dropping F-bombs. And that was the first time she literally like went down below to dig up my camera and was like, don't move. Yeah. Well, uh, I have noticed that as looking, looking through it's, um, because you are the photographer, uh, for the most part, there's, um, less pictures of you. I'll say, I'll say that. So she was was my model and a good one. (laughs) Well, she, she did, she did a great job. You had, uh, several other beautiful areas to take pictures of as well. Yes. Um, and and Reggie, I mean, uh, you know, we we can't forget that Reggie was on the boat with you guys too. So, you know, um, now so how did that? Did you split Reggie's stuff too? Reggie was, you know what, solely Katie's responsibility. Um, and I don't say that because I didn't want to be responsible 
people for Reggie. But Reggie was already Katie's dog of seven years or so. And, um, I mean, they're connected at the hip. It's insane. And she loves that dog more than she loves life itself. Um, And even when it came down to, like, hey, I'll take Reggie to shore today. Or, like, I'll, you know, do something for Reggie. And she just... She wanted to. That was that's how she spent her time. Um, was Reggie taking care of Reggie and making sure Reggie was comfortable? Um, I've actually never seen someone treat um, or take care of an animal better than I saw her take care of Reggie. And she never wanted to put that responsibility on me. Um, you know, I absolutely would have, but it was just kind of her thing, and she really enjoyed it. Well, cool, good. Yeah. Um, and all right, so. Let's like. Did you have insurance on the boat? We did when we left. Okay. <laughs> yes, and um, we used the insurance company that my my father currently has all of his boats and cars bundled with, and I was able to bundle in an extra boat. Sure. Um, I believe though, um, I think we paid about eight hundred and fifty bucks, maybe nine hundred and fifty bucks for the year. For the year, yeah. yep. And um, I, I'm not so good with insurance, so I'm not remembering specifically what we had covered or how much we had covered. If it was total loss, you know, I mean, we barely had any money in the boat. For us, it was it was right. a lot. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, um, it wasn't going to be the end of our lives if we if we lost stuff or if something broke. Um, mostly, we wanted liability insurance to where if, you know, if we hit someone or if we damage someone else's boat because we knew our lack of experience, um, <laughs> which we never did. But um, yeah, we, after the first year, we did not renew it. We decided, screw it. Okay. So you didn't got, need it for this. the places. See, that would be, I, I agree with you. Like, in my opinion, I would be like, okay, it's there's not a ton of stuff on this boat. It's a you're yeah. right. It was a lot of money for you, but it's a $3,500 boat, whatever. Yeah. But I would yeah. think that you might need it for, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe you, you probably didn't try and stay in any marinas and things like that. But there are still sometimes places that you have to stop and stay at, at, yeah. on occasion that might yeah. require you to have insurance. So you didn't run into too much of that after we the first didn't. year. Oh, and, and that freaked us out a little bit too because it was often talked about. And I think there are some newer marinas, um, definitely some areas of Florida that will say, you know, I need I need proof of insurance. Um, and I, I think we remember um, not going to a particular marina because of that or s- something. It does exist, um, but it's definitely not everywhere and it was not an issue. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What about and, and everybody always asks me to ask about health insurance? I think your answer is going to be pretty easy. But what did you do about health insurance? Well, I was twenty three, so I was still under my father's company's yep. insurance plan till I was twenty six, and now I'm on woo-hoo, Healthy Michigan. Okay. Care. I don't know what that is, but that's cool. It's it's free health insurance, which is really great. Michigan has free health insurance. <laughs> It's like under Obamacare. Yeah. 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 If you okay. make less than a certain amount, you can apply for it. And Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So I've been rocking that for the last two years. Cool. It's fantastic. And, um, yeah, I, so, I mean, people ask about health insurance sometimes, and I have to write an email back to, to somebody that emailed me to ask about it, and I want to be like, 
everybody's answer is going to be a little bit different. And I yep. and I knew that your answer was pretty much going to be exactly yeah. what you what you, you said. Had, you because, had a face of being under twenty six at the time, um, so it was not an issue. Right, and uh, and then you just go and find the cheapest insurance you can for for exactly. now. Anyway. Yeah. Um, are you going to have uh, I'm skipping forward a little bit too much? Are you going to have uh, insurance on the boat on the Pearson? You know what? It's a very controversial subject right now. <laughs> um, we've been throwing it around a lot. Um, my my dad is a big corner cutter, a big risk taker. Mm-hmm. Um, I I get that from him. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's his boat and it's going to be his call. If he wants me to get insurance on it, I'm going to. If he feels like, you know, it's not going to be worth the probably wild expense that it might be, um, then I'll go without. You know, I'm, I'm going to let him make that call. But we keep brushing it off and um, I'm down, down to less than or just over a month. I'm sorry. Until until go time. Right. Um, and I've looked into it a little bit and no one will really quote you unless you get a survey. And, you know, that's however many dollars. And uh, I don't know. I'm very torn about the subject. Sure. So are you leaning towards getting insurance or, or, or not? I mean, I'm leaning towards not both, okay. of both, both you and, and Luca uh, and my dad and your dad. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, that's kind of cool when you say yeah. your, your dad is, uh, an, an, you know, a you risk just, taker. Don't, don't sink it. <laughs> like, no right. pressure or anything, Dad. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what I did? We had a, a kind of serious conversation about it the other day. And, and my suggestion was, hey, if we do this without insurance, um, I'll write us up, you and I, you know, you, Luke, and I, a little, little contract saying, you know, if, if for anything, anything major, majorly destructive happens to this boat, if we lose the boat, um, put me on a payment plan, you know, and I can... I can slowly get this back to you kind of thing. Right. I'd almost rather do that. Yeah, I mean it sounds like a pretty pretty good way to go. Yeah. Uh you have you'll have two experienced sailors on the boat this time, so Well one. I'm still <laughs> there. <laughs> uh Jesse, you're 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 more experienced than a lot of people. So I guess like being on boats, I'm still learning a lot on sailing, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that as well, but about it, it, you would think I would be a dummy about it because I choose not to use nautical language and I just call things whatever I want to call them. So I really can only communicate with myself while sailing. <laughs> <laughs> and and Katie apparently. Yes, and Katie. And maybe Reggie. You know, he might know what you're talking about too. Sure. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. So you guys got all the way down to Florida on that. You know, little over five thousand dollars, or you did anyway. Um, uh, yep. When did Cruising Outpost come into play? Cruising Outpost came into play um, the following year, actually. So, Katie and I worked for four months in Fort Myers, mm-hmm. um, which we saved up. Um, almost eight thousand seven or eight thousand bucks working in restaurants there i mean we worked like crazy woman women but um living on the boat uh yes living on the boat uh we both had two different restaurant jobs sorry i just backtracked a little on you i'm just trying to break down my timeline here so after after we saved up again we spent three four months in the bahamas right 
And when we went to the Bahamas, we went from Fort Myers Beach through Lake Okeechobee. Okay. Um, and came out on the Atlantic side versus go down to the Florida Keys. Right. Um, when we came back from the Bahamas, we wanted to work again because we had to wait out um, hurricane season and wait for the right season to go back up the East Coast. And so we went down to the Keys that time and worked in restaurants again in the Florida Keys. And we lived in this little marina, Stock Island Marina, uh, sure. which was awesome. Got to know a few people there. Met a couple on a catamaran that were just passing through. And um, just ended up having drinks aboard their, their catamaran one evening. And um, Dave and Renee Harrington are their names. And they had done a workshop with Bob and Jody a few years prior. And um, Renee was just like, oh, my gosh, Bob Bitchin would love you girls. I, you, I just have to introduce you to Bob Bitchin. And we have no idea who they are, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, after we met, Renee sent Bob and Jody an email, which we didn't even know about. And about, about a month later, Jody emails me and says, hey, someone introduced us to your story. We love what you girls are doing. Would you be interested in writing an article for Cruising Outpost? And I was super excited that, you know, absolutely. I had never just been reached out to to write for a magazine before. Um, and, you know, till this day, we'll never consider myself a writer and they loved what I wrote for them. And they came back and said, let's make this a series. Um, and, it, and it's turned into the last two and a half years of, of a full story series of, of our adventure. Yeah. Do you get paid a lot? Uh, no. Yeah. 250 bucks an article. Oh, okay, good. Cool. Uh, that's... Uh, well worth it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're going to you're going to write it anyway or you want to write it anyway. Totally. So that was okay, so that wasn't until after you got back from the Bahamas. Correct. Okay. Cool. And so again, those other jobs, Fort Myers and the Keys were all um so when you were in Fort Myers, was that also hurricane season or how, wait, so how long did it take you to get it took us to three months to get from Michigan to Florida. We left in September. We arrived in Fort Myers just before Christmas, okay. um, which was perfect in timing for jobs because that means it's about to be their busy season. Um, their, their high tourism season is, you know, January, February, March, April. And um, so we rolled into town and, and just walked around restaurants with some resumes. And um, we both got two jobs a piece within that first week and just didn't, didn't sit down. I don't think for four months. Okay. Were you at a Marina then as well? We were yep. Moss, Moss Marine. Okay. And, um, I'm sorry. How long you, you probably just said, but how long were you, did you work? Uh, four months, four months. Okay. So then you went to the Bahamas in. We May? went, Yep, headed headed for the Bahamas, April, May, end of April. I think we left Fort Myers. Okay, we crossed over to the Bahamas like May first or something. Because mm-hmm. I remember spending Cinco de Mayo having margaritas in the Bahamas. Nice. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. And then came back from the Bahamas middle of July. Okay, so you were in the Bahamas for a little over two months. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Cool. And so back from the Bahamas, where were you working at Fort Myers? So just restaurant jobs, like you said, yep. right? Yep. yep. The Cottage Bar and Grill and Nemo's Sports Bar. It was 
Good, I guess, because it filled our wallet. Yeah, it was fantastic. Come on, Jesse. Fantastic. Like you, you, you got you got all the money you needed in order to go to the Bahamas. Well, you know, we, we left what we felt rich when we left there. Not gonna lie, that right. was probably like at the time the most money either of us had been able to save. Well, that's what I was about to say. Uh, with the amount of money, it sounds like you saved. It sounds like you had more than before you left. We did, yeah. Yeah, we totally did. And um, what we had learned in our first few months is how frugally we were totally fine living. I mean, we were we would average in between eight hundred and twelve hundred bucks a month, right? On, uh, in, in total costs, I mean, from from beer to spare parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. To everything. To every every single thing you did, whatever you had to pay for, yep. or anything like that. And some months were virtually nothing, and some months we got hit hard. Like for the Bahamas is a good example. It was both extremes. Um, we spent probably a month cruising around the Exumas. Um, there's nothing there. You can't spend any money there. You know, I, we probably spent a couple hundred bucks in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we had to replace our transmission, and you know, there goes two thousand dollars. You right. know, fifteen hundred bucks um, in one month. So it just, it, it varied, but yeah, it came down to average between like 800 and 1200 bucks that we were each spending every month on all life expenses. Cool. What, uh, throughout the entire trip? Uh, yeah, throughout the entire trip. And, and once again, I mean, that was definitely us being frugal, you know, anchoring as much as possible. We were super cheap about going to restaurants and activities and really, really picky with, um, you know, what activities we did want to do. Uh, and, and. And we did have a certain amount saved up at, at this time. We were okay. Uh, you know, we probably could have been a little bit more relaxed about it, but um, we we did good on a budget. We put we put ourselves in a tight budget and stuck to it, even when we didn't have to stick to it that tightly. Well, good, good for you guys. Um, where did you where did you um, fix the transmission? In Chub Key in the Bahamas. Um, yeah, to right. the Barry Islands. Yeah. yeah, I've been. I've been actually. Oh, yeah, that's awesome! It's yeah, it's it's technically like a private resort island, and uh, we pulled in there under sail. That was the first experience. We had to truly become sailors, and it worked. Um, we ended up getting ourselves into the dock there. We did like all because the, there's like a little cut in there in order to get through, like. There to, to the marina, like almost yes. in the back, right? Yeah, we did. And um, what we figured out was that we could literally, we waited for a really calm day. And even though the transmission wasn't, you you could rev it up and it would barely go, but it would give you like maybe half a knot of forward speed mm-hmm. once you put it into gear. And um, so we got ourselves into the marina and uh, we ended up at the fuel dock for a month okay. by the time we figured out um, what needed fixing, how we were going to get it, who was going to replace it, um, you know, how we were going to f- get it flown in and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it took a month and, um, we were probably at that dock, I guess for not quite the full month, maybe two or three weeks, got to know the dock master and also everybody else that lived on the island who were very friendly and welcoming. And, um, all we had on the boat was really like whiskey and, <laughs> And I literally I gave the dock master whiskey every single day, and he let us stay tied to that fuel dock for free. Oh, that's great. Until, until we fixed the boat. Yeah. So nice. that, that saved us. Huge. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'd say so. Um, did you ever have to pull the boat out of the water? We did, but not until we were going back up the East Coast. We got hauled out in Oriental, North Carolina. Okay. And so you went and you did all of the Bahamas and everything. You came back. You worked in the Keys. Where in the Keys did you work? Stock Island, a restaurant called Hogfish. Okay. It was actually really fun. Um, it was one of the most fun restaurants I've ever worked at. You know, at this t- point, it had probably been the 12th restaurant or something I've worked at. And it, it was fun. It, it definitely raised our morale. The Keys were just a really interesting and eclectic place to live. Everyone has a story and everyone's doing something crazier than you. And there's part of you that just kind of fits in there with the the non-traditional kind. Right. <laughs> it was good fun. That's cool. Uh, so were you out of money when you came back from the Bahamas? Did you just want uh, to no. get more? Not out of. No, I think we still had a decent, you know, probably 6000 I think I still had about $6,000 laying around after the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a more a matter of we couldn't just start heading up the East Coast. Right. Because it was um, – we had Hurricane we almost season. had to wait like a full we had to wait a full another season exactly yeah. and uh, we hadn't done the keys yet we knew we wanted to do the keys so it just made sense for us to go hang out there kind of for the winter and get jobs again and then wait till spring of 2014 to start heading north again and at this point your insurance had lapsed correct yeah okay. cool um, so it didn't okay so it didn't quite matter uh, no you know like I, I, I mean. Well, e- either way, I think most insurance companies, the, 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 if, as long as you're up in, I don't know, I think in the Keys, I think you're okay. In in the U.S., I think you're yes. all right. But um, but it didn't really matter anyway. Like you didn't have any restrictions as to you got to be north of wherever or anything like that. No, well, when we actually when we did have insurance, um, we, I don't remember the specific date, but it was something like you cannot get to the Gulf of Mexico until November 15th or something um, until right. or until December 1st. So until, you know, whenever hurricane season was officially over. And so I do remember having to stall a little bit in Alabama as we were going down the 10 Tom river um, because of that reason, because we weren't supposed to reach the sea by November, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then, so, yeah. so you no, went there okay. until, when? Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> what did, well, I'm sorry. What did you just say? I was just going to say, then we, when, once we got down there, we realized, you know, the hundreds of thousands of boats and sailboats that are down here without insurance. <laughs> it was like, okay, you know, we, we were uptight about it when we didn't really understand it. And now we know our ability and know our boat. And if we lose our boat, we lose our boat. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, and then, so you went from the Keys, and when did you leave to start going north? November-ish? Actually, no. This was even later. We worked in the Keys in, in the winter. Again, it was like January, February, March, and then took off. Okay. So you you went, you know, it was very close to a year, it sounds like. Yeah. Eight, yeah. ten months in the Keys? Well, okay. No, I I don't want to make it too complicated. But when we came back from the Bahamas, we had yet another breakdown. Um, And by August, we were over it. We did not want to continue to be throwing money (laughs) into the boat. We were tired. We were like, you know what? We're just going to park the boat and take a quick break. I went back to Colorado for a few months. Katie went back to 
California for a few months back to the, um, at the time that the, the boyfriends we kind of had left. And, um, after a few months we met back in Florida Okay. around Christmas, New Year's, and then spent an entire month fixing up what we had left sitting there, um, more engine problems right. and then sailed down to the keys and then worked for three months. Okay. And headed up, so it was broken up a little bit there. We spent a few months off the boat there. No, that that makes that makes sense. That's pretty yep. cool. Um, and it was down there that, like you said, you got introduced to eventually um, Bob and Jody and cruising yes. outpost and everything else. Correct. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you started going north. I'm sorry. Went January, February. Uh, March. 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 Okay, March. Early. March of yeah. what year was this? Now? Uh, fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was right before I started all this stuff. So uh, anyway, uh, and so you started going north from there up the East Coast. Yep. It took us about five months to get from the Keys back to Michigan. And um, with a with a haul out in between. Yep. With a haul out in between. And um, at this point, we started selling T-shirts, which oddly worked really well. I think we made like twenty five hundred bucks or something from selling T-shirts. Yeah. Um, her, Katie's dad, uh, owns a screen printing company in Michigan. And so they were being hand printed at her dad's shop and, and shipped out. And, uh, we had a, it was a donate button on the blog and for donating, you got a t-shirt and, um, you know, so we were getting 30 bucks here, 40 bucks there. And, um, that ended up paying for the haul out and all the work we had done in North Carolina, which was really cool. Cause then we didn't have to tap into, um, our, our own funds at that time. Right. Was, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It was um, really cool. How long, uh, what did you have to haul out for? Um, we had to replace the cutlass bearing, which we did not know what that was at the time. But when we replaced the transmission in the Bahamas, um, you know, we had the island handyman mm-hmm. replace it with myself and Katie. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, it worked for a while, but it was never it was never aligned appropriately. And um, so then we, the the coupler that connected the transmission to the propeller shaft ended up crapping out on us on our way back from the Bahamas. And because of all this misalignment and vibration going on, the cutlass bearing um, went to crap around North Carolina. We had also never taken the time to repaint the bottom, and we literally had a coral reef on. The- <laughs> belly of louise and like did, there were did days you ever clean the boat did you ever clean the we tried. And, yeah when we were in the keys and when we were in the bahamas we were on top of it you know we'd get in and scrape it and whatnot but mm-hmm. oh my gosh going up the intercoastal of florida and georgia and south carolina uh, like literally when we pulled the boat out it was such a joke we knew why we couldn't go faster than three freaking knots Well, good. Scraped her clean, gave her a new paint job, um, which is a pain in the ass, but it was so necessary. Right. Um, then we felt like we were really fast boat after that. Yeah, well, you were. Probably like so an extra fast. knot or two. Yeah. yeah. When we hit five knots, we're like, woo! <laughs> so, okay, so it took you five months from March. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you were back in Michigan in August, September? September 4th, yep. Okay. What what the heck have you been doing for the last two years, Jesse? Oh, my gosh. Um, trying to figure myself out. 
Um, you know, me, what, me too. Me that. too. By the way, no big deal. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm only more than ten years older than you, but me too. So, no, well, no big deal. We're gonna be trying to figure it out for the rest of our lives, and that's exactly what I'm currently figuring out. And um, it's kind of a wonderful thing, actually. These last two years have been insane. Um, highs and lows galore. My my goal when I got back home from the boat was to stay put. Um, my entire adulthood, um, I've been tuned to go, 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 um, explore this place, live here for a few months, move, um, and again, and repeat. And I was so good at um, saying goodbye and, you know, connecting people all over the country, but then... I'll see you later, Jesse. It's I'll see you later. Exactly. And working disposable jobs, doing the restaurant thing, um, being able to come and go from like any situation. And I learned on this trip that I I didn't want to be that person. I didn't like that about myself. Um, I wanted uh, to find a little bit more stability. I wanted a place to call home. I wanted a space to call my own. Um, I, I didn't want to keep resorting to the restaurant work, even though it had fueled me and um, totally kept me going throughout my the, the years of my life that I was go, 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 go. Um, you know, I was ready to, to figure out something that I was a little bit more passionate about as far as work goes. And um, so with that, the last two years, I've been primarily working on a photography business. Um, I've been able to pick up a lot of work purely from staying in one place. Um, you know, cause in the past, no one ever knew where I was. Like, why would you hire me or why would you think I was around if I was constantly moving? Um, so, so sticking with my goal to just stay put for a little bit, um, has really paid off in the photography world. I've been booking a lot of weddings, family portraits, um, product photography, you name it. And, um, that's mostly my primary means of, of funds in the summertime, at least half the season. Mm-hmm. And um, aside from that, I've been working for the, since I got home part-time at this fitness studio, actually. Um, I'm a personal trainer there, and I really don't talk about it. Um, I don't know <laughs> why, <laughs> but I absolutely love it. I'm there, like I said, you know, 20 hours a week, if that, not even 15. And um it's been so fun. And so it's a combination of photography, this fitness studio, and I do six boat shows a year with Cruising Outpost and continue to write for them. So um, lots of lots of odd jobs, and none of them are related, but they are all things I'm very interested in, and I'm, I've found a, found a really good balance in it. And then somewhere in those two years, I met my future husband at the Annapolis Boat Show, and I've been back and forth to England. He's... He's from London originally, and um, and that's been probably the most wild year of my life in, in the best way possible. And now we are planning to sail from America to England because what else would we do? Right, yeah. Well, congratulations, by Thanks. the way. I, I uh, had the opportunity to briefly meet Luke at this uh, past year in, in October. Yes. Annapolis. Yeah, in Annapolis. Um, He's a what's that? He's a character. He is. He is a character. <laughs> no, uh, I because I met you, you guys, uh, at the very kind of end of um, the boat show, I think, or when I was le- or something, and mm-hmm. and said hello briefly to you guys. And Luke was around. Um, 
Uh, he was he's working for still. Who's he working for? Sales. Hide sales, right? Uh, yep. Yep. So he sells sales to sale makers and a big fraction of his customers are actually in the States. So he has been able to have a little bit of flexibility to be working remotely from here and reasons to um, do business in the States, which has been helpful. And I have had the flexibility with my work schedule and with my finances to spend a decent amount of time over there. Well, good. That's great. Yeah. <clears throat> so when did you guys meet? It wasn't, uh, I mean, it was, had to be, what, October of 50? Yeah, a year and a half ago. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Good good for you guys. Just at, at the Annapolis Sailboat Show, he came up and said hello. Uh, yeah, you know, it was actually downtown. I was with Katie, and he was his, with his coworker, and we all did this very childish, like, triple take as we walked by each other on the street. They were actually sitting down eating dinner. Katie and I walked by, and Katie just like turned around. She's like, "Hey, we'll be at that bar." <laughs> <laughs> like it was very much a me thing to do, but she did it for some reason. And then, uh, sure enough, they they came into the bar, and you know, we met over tequila. It was fantastic. That's good. And and realized that we were both there for the Annapolis boat show, and um, yeah, and spent the the rest of the week together. I actually texted my mother the next day and told her that I met my future baby daddy. Oh, good. Good job, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> good job. That yeah. that that's a text your mom always wants to <laughs> wants to get, I'm sure. She was she was excited. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad she was excited. <laughs> um well, cool. And uh well, and the email that I sent you, the uh subject was holy shit, you can shoot. Uh your photos are 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 pretty amazing, Jesse. Um and uh, so there, it is no surprise to me that you've been able to um, make a living, um, you know, uh, in in your spare time or in the in the uh, wedding season of Michigan. Uh, it's it's the right time in my life as far as age, and I have so many friends that are that are getting married right now, and I live in a beautiful area of Michigan, um, and so the, the timing of all this really just couldn't play out better, and. Um, Thanks to just my network of human beings, um, it's really all just happened word of mouth. You know, every, every job I've gotten is where I found the next one, and it just keeps just keeps coming. And it's a really, really exciting time. Which you know, I didn't really, I don't even know if I really asked for it or how hard I worked for it. It's just been happening, and I keep saying yes, and um, I'm hoping to keep that going. Well, if I ever need a professional photographer, I know who I'm calling. Also. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so you, you've been doing all that stuff in order to save again, in order to go across the Atlantic. Uh, how How is that going to go down? Is Katie helping you get, like, I, you know, in reading the yeah. Katie and Jesse on a boat, like, she's helping you take it, the boat. Yeah. And this so, is Desiree, correct? Yes, this name? is. This right. is Desiree. This is the 37-foot Pearson Invicta that I grew up as that leisurely, probably obnoxious passenger on. Sure. And um, now my dad has agreed to let Luke and I sail it to England, um, which is mind-blowing in itself. Um, so Luke is in England right now. Um, he'll be here in just over a week to help us start doing boat projects. And um my dad and I have been driving, it's about an hour away in a storage unit, um, as many days of the week as we can, and just trying to knock out knock out projects. The boat is in absolutely beautiful condition, um, and it is a ocean-going boat. It was built for the 
Newport to Bermuda race in the 60s sure. and um, won it at one point. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a, it's, and it's been a freshwater boat since my dad has had it. So, and he's done a very, very good job of taking care of it. Once again, no pressure, anything, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, we're just trying to figure out, honestly, um, our priorities of, of what do we need, not what do we want, what's going to save us at the end of the day, not versus what's going to make us more comfortable. Um, and trying to have as many conversations and ask for as much advice as we can, but still be able to, you know, decide what's going to be best for us, not other people. And that's, that's difficult to be honest with you. Um, cause there's a lot of people I trust and a lot of people that say, Oh my God, you can't leave without this. You have to replace this. You must have this. Um, and if, you, you just can't have it all. You know, <laughs> we are still doing this on a budget. We're not being funded. I'm not asking to be funded. Um, I have reached out for specific things that we're looking for that I know people have laying around or have used once and it's sitting in their garage. And that has been huge. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have sent an email in response to, Hey, you know, do you have a uh, someone sent me an EPIRB, a Delorme in reach, which is a little satellite phone. I mean, it's, it's, insane the amount of support and enthusiasts there are um for this trip and it's really powerful actually i i would be really stressed out if a lot of these things that people have offered up um if if we had to go buy them um it's expensive it is it's expensive stuff and um you know you you need to best prepare to do something like this, but the standard of things that people expect you to have to cross cross oceans these days are really high, you know, and, and we're trying to keep it simple. Um, you know, this has been done thousands and thousands of times mm-hmm. um, with not a lot of stuff. And so we're just trying to figure out what, what we actually need. So what is something that somebody has suggested that you think you're going to go without? That's a good question. Um, radar. Okay. Um, SSB. Uh, okay. I can see in this day and age. Uh, may, okay. Uh, you know, I can see in this day and age with other things. Yeah. Uh, maybe getting rid of that. Why, 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 why would somebody say that you absolutely positively need SSB? Well, it's such a fantastic way to be able to receive weather and communicate um, with ships. And the only reason we... But you just got sent a, like... Yes. A a, a device where you can get some of those things. Yeah, you can also satellite phones. And uh, as of right now, we have two versions of that. So it would be silly for us to invest in the expense and then go get the radio license to understand how it SSB works. It is kind of complicated, or it might not be that complicated. But when I look into it online, it seems complicated. Yeah, I mean, it's a ham. It's a ham radio operator's <laughs> yeah, license, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so you know, it, everyone has their own opinions on that. And then insurance. We we might be doing this in a classic, beautiful boat without insurance. Right. Um, that's a little scary. And um, one thing that was not on our list that we did get our minds changed about and has become my biggest purchase is a self-steering wind vane. Okay. Um, we were honestly prepared to hand steer, like just cool. to, I mean, we're double handed, you know, and we were like, we're going to, we'll use the autopilot when we have sufficient battery and when appropriate, but. Okay. So there, oh, so there was an autopilot. 
There is an autopilot. There yep. is an autopilot, but you're yep, also getting a wind fan. Yeah, and okay. you know we can only carry so much diesel to keep the batteries going, and you know maybe run it for an hour a day. Um, and Luke and I separately had conversations with people who have double handed the Atlantic, and the number one thing that they said was a self steering vane. Um, and the fact that, you know, when you're doing these four hours on four hours off or however you split up your shifts, that it almost ends up becoming safer if you just have to close your eyes for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, even if that means both of you are asleep for 20 minutes or for, for whatever it is, um, sounded like, you know, when you put yourself through that kind of exhaustion and then having to deal with stressful situations and make decisions in that state of mind is, is almost more dangerous than, you know, taking the risk of sleeping for 15, 20 minutes. Um, and having that self-steering vein, um, that's mechanical and has nothing to do with sufficient battery life, um, was one of the best investments they've ever made. So I just ordered a hydro vein. Okay. Awesome. And it's being shipped shortly, and I've already named her Penny. We haven't met yet, but I can tell she's going to be my new best friend. And um, sounds like she's going to get us the across the Atlantic. Katie's going to be upset if you have a new best friend named Penny. <laughs> <I know. Jessie>. <laughs> <laughs> At least she's mechanical, you know. Right. Right. Uh, no, I, I I agree with you. I've I've heard very similar things that if you're going to do something like like. You're like you're planning on doing double-handed, single-handed, whatever. Yeah. That a self-steering mechanical type wind vane is um, yes. one of the one of the best things that you can have on your. Yeah. Vehicle. So I'm super excited about it. Um, it was one of those things where it, it was now the next biggest check I've ever written in my life, and um, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm feel really good about this one. I'm excited. It's going to hold its value if for any reason we decide to sell it. But I have a feeling it's going to be a good lifelong investment and it's going to be on that boat forever. Yeah. Um, so was it bigger than the check that you wrote for the uh, for Louise or, or smaller? It was just around $5,000. Oh, wow. That, that... It, was, it was a chunk of my savings, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was big. Uh, yeah. Now I've – let me – I have to backtrack um, for just a moment. Sure. Um, I, I spend a lot of time encouraging – people to do this kind of thing, what, what sailing or not, whatever your adventure is and, um, understanding that you can do it frugally and, and can do it on a really small budget. Um, but I have to be careful in the way that I say that because, um, just, I guess, explaining how I, how I grew up, um, and where I was when I started this, um, I was in a position that I was completely debt free. Um, my parents did, put me through college. Um, and it wasn't until after college that I was financially on my own. So that was, that was four years of my life where I was able to work and save everything that I was, you know, I didn't save a lot, but enough to where I never had credit card debt. I did not have a car payment debt. I did not have college debt. And, um, that was a really, really fortunate position to be in. And it's, I forget that because I was in that position, that doesn't mean everyone else is. And most people are swimming in bills at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Um, and it's, it is a tough thing to, <laughs> to, to start these kinds of adventures when you're still paying things off. Um, so I just, I just did want to bring that to people's attention because 
Um, you know, I'm very aware of the good position I was in to be able to pull off the things that I've been able to pull off. Um, and I do under, fully understand that um, a lot of people are, are in different situations and it is harder. And I wish there was a better way that I could encourage um, and be an enthusiast, but it's hard when I know I actually haven't worn those shoes before. Right. No, I, I completely agree with you. Um, yes, I, I, that, that's all I can really say uh, is yeah. as in I'm I'm in that situation as well. I mean, I'm, uh, like I said, a little older than you at this point in time, but I have very little to zero debt right now other than, well, okay, I have, <laughs> I have, I have a mortgage that I'm paying for, but this yeah. this townhouse can be sold when I go or yeah. or I, I'm actually also uh I have I have actually put roommates in this townhouse with me so that they yeah. um they're they're mostly paying that debt. So um but I I kind of agree uh yes, it does get difficult, especially with um you know, at the age that you left college tuitions these days and everything else and people having to pay those loans off and things. But um at the same time you had a house that you took with you everywhere for thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, if you, you know, what I, I I don't know what to say. Yeah. Somebody wants yeah. to live on a boat and still work. I guess what I'm saying, and still, you know, they can do it. Uh, you can do it. It's it's right. very much doable. And um, you know, also came from a, a family that was well off, but they also were really good budgeters. Um, you know, I never understood how well off they were as, until I was an adult because they taught me how to budget. Even when they were um, helping me through college, um, they made me pay everything, even though it wasn't my money at the time. So I had a full understanding of what exactly it was that I was paying for, um, which put me in a very prepared position for when it all of a sudden was my money. And when it was my money, I was really good at budgeting it. Um, I've always been good at saving and, um, not spending on things that, um, aren't really meaningful to me. Um, and that's, that's helped huge. I'm definitely an experience or pay for my experience thing person, not pay for things person. Right. Well, and that's kind of the whole, um, you know the whole gist of all of this and what i'm trying to do personally at at the moment is get rid of things stop paying for things go examine what i do pay for or don't pay for and only pay for those things that um i I, well i mean i need and sometimes when i want something you know sit there and realize that maybe maybe i don't you know is it going to be something that i get and sits there and i don't use or you know something like that uh, you know re- rethink all of those things and make sure that you're going to totally re- prioritizing prioritizing yeah. and figuring out you know think of numbers in different ways you know i'll buy a plane ticket instead of a tv i'll buy sure. a, a boat instead of a car um you know all, all the these things where you know, the numbers could be exactly the same but it just depends on you know go go somewhere do something um right something crazy and you might even be able to do it cheaper than that cool thing you were going to get for your house or that new sound system or (laughs) I don't know I've been trying to live relatively simple but at the same time I've I've been in a good position to do that so yeah that's great um that that's absolutely fantastic so how much do you think you guys are going to have saved before you leave to cross the Atlantic you know what I I have saved right now um, just over 
well, over $20,000. Okay. And I have a goal to not go below that $20,000. I'm probably going to spend, I'm prepared to spend um, eight to $10,000 on this trip, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm coming home for the summer and have work booked and I'm going to make it all back by September. Okay. So you're going to go and you're going to cross the Atlantic. And yep. okay. I mean, but. And and to that end, it sounds a lot like, well, I mean, what are you going to be paying for while you're in the Atlantic anyway, right? <laughs> other, other than what's already on the boat and paid for, right? All of it's prep and the projects, the reinstalls, the, the you know, the refits that are going on right now and uh, the electronics that we still need. The hydro vane was huge. Um, life raft is a huge expense. Um, you know, right now there's there's a lot of expenses going on. Right. But, 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 but the boat itself, like I said, is in damn good condition. Um, so, so aside from some mostly updates and upgrades to the boat um, – you could put it in the water right now and sail across, and it, it'd be fine. Um, and then once we get to England, it's just going to be a matter of you know haul-outs, storage, whatever maintenance has to go on over there. Mm-hmm. Um, where at that time I'm, I'll, I will be back here in Michigan for July, August, September, uh, photographing weddings. Okay, so your plan is to go take a couple months, get over to England, and then uh, where are you getting married? Don't know yet. Um, <laughs> I in my mind I'm getting married at sea and we're marrying ourselves in the middle of the freaking ocean. Nice. So <laughs> so you might be married by the time you get to England. I might bring a dress just in case. <laughs> okay. Uh cool. Uh, uh so who who's who's the captain that marries you? Uh, I don't know. You, I might have to do down or like Luke a pre recorded or... a pre recorded voice. Oh, that's, funny. that's funny. I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, cool. And um, so, and then your plan is to come back and um, do more photography work back in Michigan. Yep. Yep. And then keep the boat in England. And um, I did promise I'd get my dad's boat back. No pressure or anything, Jesse. Um, <laughs> uh, but that means that we have to do two Atlantic crossings. And next fall, um, assuming everything goes to plan, we will sail the boat back across the Atlantic um, via the Canaries and, and the Southern Caribbean. Sweet. So like November, it yep. December yep. time frame-ish. Exactly. Cool. Uh, well, it sounds like you guys have... An amazing adventure planned, and um, your adventures uh, so far have have absolutely been been awesome, Jesse. So thank you. I'm I'm really excited for this next one. I I feel like very enthusiastic and have and have a lot of energy about it. I'm absolutely terrified, but like the the kind of terrified that I thrive on. Um, so let's do this. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, that's awesome. I'm excited for you, uh, for you and for Luke and, uh, you know, for, for Desiree as well. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we'll, I'll certainly be following along. You've got to let, uh, everybody know where the heck we can find you, whether it's Katie and Jesse on a boat or yep. Jesse and Luke on a boat or yeah, it's going to remain Katie and Jesse on a boat for a little while. Uh, you know, people know that name. It's, sure. um, it, I think I'm just going to kind of figure out a way to break the blog up a little bit so new people can understand what Katie and Jesse on a boat was, is, and and what I'm doing now. Um, and we'll see how long this next adventure lasts and if I need to, you know, do a name change. But, you know, 
Katie girl. She is helping me deliver the boat out of the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't wait to have her on board, of course. Um, everything's always hilarious when, when we're together. Um, we're, we're like kids. So Absolutely. Is she bringing Reggie? She's not. Is she? she might. She might bring her other little dog. Right. Duppy, the super puppy. That's right. That's right. I think you wrote something about that in your latest, yeah. <laughs> your latest uh, article up there. So, um, well, that's awesome, Jesse. Thank you so very much. Um, we've been awesome. talking for a little over an hour now, and uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I thank you oh, so perfect. very much for taking some time out of your Sunday morning to uh, join me. Oh, you're so welcome. And I'm off to do fun engine projects today on Desiree. That's that's on the uh, agenda. Oh, good. So, this is a good good start to the morning. What engine projects are you doing? Um, the engine for Desiree just got rebuilt, and we just got it dropped on the mount. It's mounts the other day, and now we're just kind of putting it back together. So starter alternators going to be happening today. Cool. Cool. Yep. The wizard is going with you? The wizard is going with me, yes. Cool. I can't do that stuff by myself yet. I'm not that coordinated. <laughs> You're pretty coordinated. <laughs> no, I'm getting there. Yeah. Working on. Uh, well, awesome. Have have a lot of fun. Tell everybody that uh, I said hello, please. Uh, be it uh, the wizard who I don't know, but oh, okay, be it well. be it Luke, be it Katie, uh, awesome. and um, let's stay in touch. I will uh, let you know. Hope I'll get this out before you leave. I'll say that. This. I would love that. Thank you, Teddy, very, very much for your time. It was good chatting. Absolutely. Thank you, Jesse. It was a lot of fun. Bye, guys. Thank you all again so much for listening. I think this episode with Jesse was just another great example of finding a way to go now. I don't want to say go small and go now because her next adventure is on a 37 foot Pearson, and it's a pretty decent sized boat for two people. It's her father's sailboat, and she's found a way to get out there and not spend a ton of money on what she wants, but on what they need. Uh, Jesse, Luke, and the wizard have put in a lot of hard work with their own two hands to outfit the boat with all of the important safety equipment, a rebuilt engine, an inner forestay, a self-steering wind vane, and countless other projects that were needed but not necessarily every single thing that they would want on maybe their dream boat. Katie and Jesse certainly didn't have everything that they wanted on Louise, but they had just what they needed to take an epic adventure around America's Great Loop. I also want to give a shout-out to family and Katie and Jesse's parents to support and encourage your 23-year-old daughters to take off on such an adventure is just awesome. And now the wizard is helping his 28-year-old daughter prepare to sail across the Atlantic with some English dude. Sorry, Luke, I just kind of had to throw that in there. I'm sure you're a good guy, and from what I hear, you're a pretty darn good sailor as well. So, I'm not a parent, so maybe I shouldn't really be giving parenting advice. But I'll say that if you are a parent, maybe take note of Katie and Jesse and Luke's story and encourage your kids to be adventurous and get outside and go sailing and follow their dreams. Uh, Teach them to be frugal. Teach them to budget their money and realize what they're actually spending it on. Maybe you can teach them how to manage their money and live beneath their means. 
It's always interesting to me that I read stories of how some of the richest people in the world live well below their means and spend a lot of their money on experiences. I always hear the stats that there are less young people sailing these days, or boat sales are on the decline. And I think maybe, I I don't know, maybe extreme fear that our society's youth was raised with in recent years may be the reason for some of this. I always like to use an analogy about like riding a bike. And I always you know, I like bring up to people sometimes um, that like I remember when I was 10 years old and I would ride my bike everywhere. I used to ride my bike two and a half miles away in the summer mornings to the lake in order to go to swim team practice. I'm not even sure if bike helmets were invented back then. But it certainly wasn't a law that I had to wear one, and I most certainly didn't wear one. Now, I'm not saying don't wear a bike helmet, but these days it just seems as if kids can't ride their bikes unless they don protective Kevlar suits and only do circles around the driveway so that a quote-unquote adult can always have an eye on them. The media has made it seem as if when a 10-year-old rides their bike a block away that some creeper is going to abduct them. And I don't believe that riding a bike or sailing or any kind of adventure is any more dangerous now than it was when I was 10 years old. Maybe what we should be doing is teaching our kids or the youth, let's say, about the safe way to take these adventures and try to prepare them for the scrapes and bruises that they may get. But eventually, we've got to let them go and figure it out for themselves. Again, I'm not a parent, but it just kind of seems as if what the wizard kind of did with Chessie, and I think that's amazing. Anyway, not a parent, so take all this for what it's worth. Uh, make sure you check out the show notes for this episode at sailloot.com slash episode 049 for all of the links to Jesse and Katie and Jesse on a boat. And, of course, make sure you click on the link to enter to win one of the one-year subscriptions to Cruising Outpost magazine and a Sail Loot t-shirt. If you have any questions about anything, please feel free to email me at teddyj at sailloot.com. Of course, you can find us at sailloot.com, facebook.com slash sailloot, and on Twitter at sailloot. You can sign up for the sailloot email rally, leave a review for the podcast, and subscribe to the podcast and iTunes all at one place over at sailloot.com slash podcast review. Uh, if you want to like put a link to sailloot on your blog somewhere, as I said at the top of this episode, that certainly does help. But thank you all so so much for listening i hope that all of you can find a way to find your sail loot to live a life rich in experiences i hope to meet all of you out on the water fair winds and following seas and peace and love